Welcome to the NPS MedicineWise podcast, helping health professionals stay up to date with the latest news and evidence about medicines and medical tests. Hello, I'm uh, Steve Morris, CEO of NPS MedicineWise, and welcome to another of our podcasts in a series focusing on COVID-19 issues. Look, today I'm really pleased as I am joined by Associate Professor Julian Elliott, who's the Executive Director of the Clinical Evidence Task Force. Uh, welcome, Julian. Thanks, Steve, for having me on. I just want to give a brief introduction of yourself to our listeners. Yeah, I'm an infectious disease physician at the Alfred Hospital in Melbourne, and I also have roles with uh, Cochrane, Cochrane Australia and globally, particularly looking at new ways we can create and use evidence. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Julian. Look, and it's pretty clear that you know, as clinicians work to provide you know, best possible care for Australians during the COVID-19 pandemic, look, they're, they're faced with real challenges, I think, of making good decisions in circumstances of rapidly evolving environment, but also the evidence base. So just like Julian to maybe just outline what role um, the National COVID-19 Clinical Evidence Task Force can play in this area, particularly in supporting clinicians in those really difficult decision-making areas. Yeah, no, thanks, Steve. Uh, Look, we've been aware from the start of the pandemic that there's going to be an enormous amount of research being produced, really beyond the capability of most busy clinicians to keep up with. Um, And so we have brought together 28 national peak clinical bodies, really just speak with one voice. Um, We were aware that there was a risk of a lot of um, conflicting and competing statements and guidelines from different groups and and that that would be very unhelpful for clinicians. It'd be um, confusing in the middle of the pandemic to have that kind of cacophony of advice. So in bringing together all of those peak national groups, we can create a single source of truth. So evidence-based guidelines uh, that are up to date with the latest research. So we we search the literature every day. Uh, We use all the rigorous methods of evidence-based practice um, to create trustworthy guidelines. Um, And we update those guidelines every week. That sounds quite a task, um, Julian. It is quite a task. So I think people would be aware that Uh, guidelines, particularly high-quality, trustworthy guidelines, often take many, many months, if not years, to produce. Um, So, you know, we've been working hard over the last few years on new processes, using new new technologies, machine learning, crowdsourcing, all these things, so that we can really make this process much more efficient. Um, And so, obviously, in in the COVID-19 pandemic, this is what you need. You know, you, you need trustworthy guidance. Um, so you can be confident you're providing the best possible care. Um, But in such a fast-moving area, you've got to be updating very rapidly. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I'm I'm pleased to announce that um, MPS MedicineWise is now a partner to the National COVID-19 Clinical Limits Task Force. MPS's core role is to promote the wise and safe use of medicines and medical tests and bridging that evidence gap to practice. So we think there's an ability for us to support you in the great work you're doing in amplifying, contextualising your guidance and, and obviously recommendations for clinicians. Oh, yeah, we're, we're extremely excited about this partnership. Uh, I think, you know, we, we see very clearly that our role is to produce those evidence-based guidelines, uh, keep them up to date, um, but we are um, aware that we, you know, we don't have resources beyond that to um, uh, get the message out across the country. And so... You know the, the the depth of capability that NPS has in 
contextualizing the information, disseminating it, and then supporting its implementation and practice is, is very exciting. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and maybe just touching on, on one other issue, um, Julian, the, the concept of living evidence, which might be new to some of our listeners and how, how that's absolutely relevant to the work that you're doing. Yeah, so um, I think people would be aware that, you know, when we're developing guidelines, there are, of course, the, you know, the old style, I think what people call gobsat, good old boys sitting around the table, <laughs> you know, which are just, you know, based on opinion. Um, but, you know, there's been... 20 years or so of research showing that that is a risk of introducing significant biases. And so, you know, really trustworthy guidelines are quite a rigorous and and time-consuming process. Uh, So based on very um, accurate and sensitive searches for literature, uh, systematic reviews and meta-analyses, and then feeding into what's called grade-based guidelines, so all of that traditionally has taken many months um, to produce a guideline. Uh, so living evidence really says, you know, we can we can maintain that, we can keep those rigorous methods so that we can trust the guideline, um, but we can update it much more frequently than we've previously been doing. So rather than a guideline being updated every few years, um, we can update it every few months or in the context of this pandemic, we're updating every week. Yeah, thanks, Julian. And can you, can you provide maybe you know, a, a recent example of some guidance you provided and what, what listeners can expect in the coming weeks and months? Yeah, so uh, I guess one recent example is is the antiviral remdesivir. Um, there's obviously been a lot of talk in the last few months about potential drug treatments for COVID-19. Uh, we've been monitoring that evidence uh, each day. And just recently, um, some studies were published which when we pull those data together um, has indicated that remdesivir is effective um, for the treatment of COVID-19. It's, um, it seems to reduce the time to recovery. Um, there's no information so far that would give us any confidence that it changes survival or reduces mortality, but certainly reduces the time to recover. Uh, so that, that, the most recent of those studies was published less than two weeks ago, and um, we were able to issue that recommendation just yesterday. So in terms of what's coming up, we will definitely be seeing more data around remdesivir. It's really early days. Um, I think there's about um, 14,000 or so patients in uh, that are planned to be enrolled in, I think, 10 studies around the world. So there'll be a lot more data around that drug. There'll be data around other drugs for the treatment of COVID-19. But I think just as importantly, also we, we have recommendations on, for example, continuing ACE inhibitors or ARBs um, as there was some concern that those drugs might need to be stopped in the context of the pandemic. So I've been very clear that that's not the case. Those drugs can be continued. Also, for example, um, people's inhaled steroids uh, for asthma um, can also be continued if, if someone has suspected or, or um, confirmed COVID-19. So we can expect updates to many of those um, recommendations over the coming weeks. Yeah. And what's the best way for people to, to make sure they're updated on your recommendations? Yeah, so the best thing for people to do is to go to our website, um, so the National COVID-19 Clinical Evidence Task Force. And I think also I'd like to emphasise that you know, we are a responsive task force. Uh, one of the advantages of this living model is that 
you know, our recommendations are not set in stone. So we respond to the priorities of Australian clinicians. uh, And there is a form on our website where people can submit their clinical questions, their concerns, their, you know, the things that are, that are troubling them the most. Uh, And we feed that directly through to our panels and that shapes um, the focus and the priorities of the panels. And, and we produce recommendations in response to that. Okay. Thanks, Julian. It sounds both challenging, but, you know, going back to what I said by the beginning, and I think clinicians, you know, welcome timely evolving guidance in a very complicated space. Um, So thank you um, for taking part in the podcast today. Not at all. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Steve. And thanks to all our listeners. And as always, if you'd like further information, go to the MPS MedicineWise website, mps.org.au. Thank you for listening. For more information about the safe and wise use of medicines, visit the NPS MedicineWise website at nps.org.au.